when you when you lose yourself in things that you enjoy and you love right. doing then your mind and your body it's in a calm and, a, and it's in a relaxed state and that is the ample um emotional state that you want to create for creativity and new ideas to flow through you hey there welcome to this week's episode of breaking out i'm your host jared lazar Ever wondered what it takes to step outside of a traditional job or career and chase your dreams? Well, this is the podcast for you. And this is the show where every week I interview inspiring guests who've done something unconventional and have created an interesting, novel, or unusual career for themselves. My guest today is Islan Olivia Bardens. the founding director of the South African chapter of the Dream Girls Academy. The Dream Girls Academy is a female mentorship and empowerment organization that supports young women all across South Africa from economic dependency to self-sufficiency through education and entrepreneurship in the tech and innovation sectors. Before co-founding the Dream Girls Academy, as a young social entrepreneur, Eslin headed up the Dad Fund, an NGO started by her father which aims to develop future leaders. Islin is a career coach, mentor, speaker and blogger and has an impressive CV which includes an MBA and a certification in impact investing from Oxford. She's also been recognized among other things on the coveted Mail and Guardian's top 200 young South Africans list and was named a World Economic Forum Global Shaper. Islin, thank you so much for for taking the time to chat with me and and to be on the show. I, I really appreciate it, and it's and it's great having you. Jared, thank you for the invite. I'm really excited to be here today and just to be able, you know, to share more of my experiences with with your audience. So, Islin, you know, you're doing this very interesting work, and you've achieved all these notable things. But before we jump into that, I do want to begin your story at the beginning, as it were. So you were born in Kelsdorf in Cape Town and I'd just like you to paint us a picture give our listeners a like a thumbnail of you know where you come and what it where you come from what it looks like and what life was like growing up for you Mm so so yes I was I was born here in Cape Town in Tigerberg Hospital and um you know my family we we kind of lived in Kells River but between my mom and my dad's family we kind of uh, moved between Alsace River, Easter River and and Kells River. So that was really like the areas where I spent my formative um years in. And um you know later on as you know um uh you know as I moved up in primary school and so forth I also spent some time out in Somerset West. Um and in fact it was I guess when I was turning about 12 years old and we actually lived in this you know um lovely home in in Somerset West because my dad had worked very very hard um and he then got a scholarship to go and study in the UK and even though he got the scholarship he realized that he still had to raise all the money to actually go and live in the UK for a month right. so for a year you know for a year um and so we actually had to like sell everything we had move out of this beautiful home and we had to go and move uh in with my granny in Alsace River um which was like a house in the Cape Flats with no hot water there were two bedrooms um and so we you know I quickly my childhood was really filled with um being adaptable and learning to right. live in so many different uh, environments 
Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean that, that's a lot of sacrifice, right? I mean, your your dad um making that decision to to put education kind of above everything else and you've got to like, you know, sell all of these material things so that you can afford an education so that you can provide a better life for your for your family. I mean, that's that must be really powerful. I mean, what was that like growing up? Like how did you think about those sorts of things? Yeah. So I mean, that was a very pivotal kind of moment in my life and where I started to really it really shaped the way that I started viewing life and valuing education and and so forth right. because um you know when he came back he um then got a a really good job um you know we moved up to Johannesburg um you know we were able to I was able to go to private schools um you know we were able to start traveling the world so in my little mind you know i always saw that you know every time um uh, my dad kind of educated himself a little bit more our yeah. entire standard of living would you know raise so i kind of computed that in my brain and i i realized that listen if you want to get in ahead in life it is important that um you educate yourself yeah And, and I mean, on the topic of education, I guess so. So you started off with uh, a qualification in marketing. I think you did, a, if I understand correctly, you did a, a diploma in marketing communications, and then also a, a, a bachelor's in, in business administration in marketing. Why? Why marketing? What, what was it about that 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 drew you to it? And and what was kind of the thinking of you know the the path that was ahead of you that started with a degree in marketing? Well, um, to be very honest with you, Jared, when I was in matric, I didn't know what I was going to study, and um, my parents—I think my parents—they got a little bit worried, and they're like, "Okay, aren't you going to register for university or something?" <laughs> um, and in fact, it was my dad that kind of, you know, he said that, "Listen, I think knowing your vibe, knowing you know your style, and so forth, I think marketing is a good place for you to yeah. start." Um, and um it really was because it's been able to serve so many of the things that i i do and there's so, still so many skills and uh knowledge that i take from that from marketing to kind of build whatever project it is that that i'm doing um I've then studied advertising i've studied coaching impact investing um and now i mean most recently cloud technology I truly believe that learning is a lifelong journey and you are constantly have to like evolve and adapt and you know and and change as you go along. So you know whilst I started uh, marketing and and use those skills um I've also had to continuously uh, evolve and follow my curiosity really. Yeah. Um and I find that to be quite encouraging you know especially to young people of today that you don't you know study one thing and do that for your life and constantly feed your curiosity right right so speaking about that concept of not being locked into studying something and then you know doing one thing that this kind of theme of continuously learning and um you know just kind of following where where the passion and and where the the feeling and where your career should go kind of takes you um you you start off in a number of i think professional roles and then somewhere around 2009 2010 
you become the executive of the dad fund, which, as I mentioned at the start, was was started by your father, who, um, who some people may know, was the the CEO at at Prime Media. Before we get into the story of how all of that unfolded, um, won't you give us just a sh- a snapshot of you know what the dad fund is and and the work that, uh, you were doing with the with the dad fund? Yeah, mo- most certainly. And you know what, I I became involved in in the dad fund. I think around. 2010 and literally I mean I think this is when I was about 25 26 years old uh, where I had a a bit of a quarter life crisis and I really (laughs) started questioning you know uh, you know because that's kind of the age where okay you've studied you've you know you in the working system and then you just kind of hit a point where you're like okay so what am I here really for you know why will my life matter Um, and so asking myself all of these really, you know, provoking questions because ultimately I want to live a a meaningful and impactful life. And, um, you know, at the same time, so so my dad um, had uh, started the dad fund, which essentially, so if you look at the word uh, dad, it's actually an acronym for Daniel Arthur Dobin. And he was a very special mentor to my dad. uh, You know, when he was growing up, my dad didn't have a father, but he had this mentor, this teacher that really right. helped to shape the direction of his life and to shape the man that he is today. Um, so he started this fund in honor of, you know, uh, Daniel Arthur Doman, who was a mentor to him. And um, when he started the dad fund, he was essentially providing, um, you know, financial aid and bursaries to students, um, you know, coming from, various areas in, in Cape Town who just right. needed, you know, that extra helping hand to, um, you know, get an education and so forth. So when I joined, you know, I actually left corporate and I spoke to my dad and I said, listen, let me do this full time. You know, I love helping people. Um, and, you know, I can kind of grow the organization into other programs. And so when I was, when I came on board full time, we yeah. then looked at, um, additional empowerment initiatives. So instead of just focusing on the bursaries, um, we then, you know, facilitated a internship program um, locally and internationally. Uh, we ran entrepreneurship and skills development workshops. Um, and so we, we really became all about just empowering youth to take ownership of the future. Out of interest, and I'm going to ask you a very unfair question now. Did you, did you find that feeling of of meaning, that that fulfillment that that you were looking for in in doing that work? Mm. So, um, yeah, you know, initially I did because for the first time in my life, I right. felt like, oh my goodness, I've got a purpose, I've got a passion. You know, when they talk about having that something that gets out of bed. I mean, I literally, for the first two years of doing this type of work, I I couldn't sleep because I was just so excited to get things, you know, out and, and about. Yeah. And um, so I definitely did find the, the meaning and the purpose um, in that. And it was such a critical uh, part of my journey because I think when you lose yourself in, in serving others, um, there's no way that you can keep happiness and blessings and meaning and joy out of your own life. You know, especially if you do it from a place of, um, 
you know, where you are actually taking care of yourself, you know, because that's the one thing that I learned that when you are in a position of constantly kind of helping and giving to others, it's so important that you are constantly filling your own cup because um, you will land up getting burnt out. And and that is experience that I've also had firsthand um, and has been one of my, my biggest learnings and, um, and has made such a huge difference in the way that I serve people today versus the way that I serve people like, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah, that makes so much sense to me. And you're not the first person to use the P word purpose on, on the show. Um, in fact, mm-hmm. on, a, on an earlier episode, I, I interviewed another social entrepreneur, uh, Sierra Collins, uh, who's the founder of Wonderbag. And, you know, for our listeners, if you missed it, go ahead and, and check out that episode. But one of the, the big themes that, that emerged from that conversation, and, and it's been a, a continual theme ever since, is this concept of purpose and, and the value of it. And, and I think also on your, on your blog, you know, you've written about and, and spoken about the importance of, of purpose. So, so that, absolutely, that absolutely makes so much sense to me. And, and I think it's a very important theme you know, for, for people to try and discover for themselves. Of course, it's a little bit more difficult, I think, for, for some than others. And, and I think some people spend like the entire life searching for, for that purpose, mm. um, you know, so mm. absolutely that makes sense. And, you know, when you, when you have those difficult moments, I guess is, is, is you're saying that that's what you draw from, right? When it's a struggle to kind of, um, you know, go, you, you go up against a challenge or something in, in the workplace or, or in your job, you kind of go back to to purpose right Th- that's essentially what what you're saying yeah I, I think it's so important to have a purpose or to have a mission that is guiding you and to your point right not everybody is going to know what they what their life purpose or what their passions are and um you know some people are born into this world with very very um tangible, you know, skills and gifts and talents that, you know, it's kind of there set out for them. Um, And there's some of us, most of us who kind of discover it as we, as we go along. And one of the things that I I like to share, because I often get asked this question of like, how does one find your purpose? Because I know that a lot of people um, are frustrated because they don't know what it is that they should be doing. And um, I, I like to refer to um, a great podcast that I listened to. I think it was about a year or two ago by um, Elizabeth Gilbert. And she she is the woman who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. I'm sure most of, you know, you've seen that, that movie. Um, and, you know, she talks about uh, living a curiosity-driven life. And this really re- resonates with me because, you know, I find that instead of like kind of following your purpose, Rather follow your curiosity because okay. it's easier for you to know what you are curious about versus trying to dig within yourself. Like, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? So if you're looking for your purpose, look at what are you curious about? What do you want to learn more about? Um, you know, and just follow that. And the other thing is that your purpose won't will likely not come to you in a very linear fashion, right? Because if you are constantly thinking, what is my purpose? What should I be doing with my life? It's likely going to get your brain and your body into a state of frustration and stress, which then puts your body into survival mode. um, And 
sometimes you cannot make the best decisions or see things as clearly as you could when you are in that state. So what you do want to do is lose yourself in things that you love doing, like lose yourself in things that bring you joy. So especially if it's like, it can seem like it's completely unrelated. So, I mean, I'll give you an example. Like I, I love dancing or sometimes I love listening to deep house music and my biggest and highest inspirational ideas have always come from like a dancing session or from listening, listening to a deep house set. Do you know what I mean? Because what Love happens it. then is that when you, when you, when you lose yourself in things that you enjoy and you love right. doing, then your mind and your body, it's in a calm and, a, and it's in a relaxed state. And that is the ample um, emotional state that you want to create for creativity and new ideas to flow through you. So, um, so yeah, so on that, I just, I just want to say that if you're still looking for your purpose, um, don't worry about finding your purpose. All you need to do is lose yourself in the things that you enjoy and you love and it will find you. Well, there you have it. That's the answer to all the questions that we've been trying to answer in this podcast. We, we may as well end it now. Um, no, that makes absolute sense. Absolute sense to me. And, and honestly, when you when you mentioned that thing about following your curiosity, I, I can almost kind of see that in, in your journey and kind of how you moved through, you know, various roles and, and at various places and, and various capacities. And I just, I'd, I'd like to unpack that a little bit more if you don't mind. So mm-hmm. as, as we just discussed, you know, you were kind of, uh, you started off getting, you know, a, uh, an education in marketing at various roles within an executive of, of the dad fund. And I think, you know, at, at that point you must've been, um, from what, from what it sounds like, you know, there was kind of a lot of energy within you to, to do more in this space. So my understanding is that, you know, around about that time, you, you then decide to start the the South African chapter of the, the Dream Girls Academy um, with a group of, of other young black professionals. What was that process um, and how did that unfold? Mm. So, so while I was involved with the Dad Fund, we had an internship program that was focused on the the 2010 FIFA World Cup, if you um, recall that uh, great event. Yeah. So we had about 35. Yeah, it was fantastic times. Yeah. Um, So so there were about 35 international interns that came to South Africa that participated on our internship program. And, you know, they basically worked in different roles on, on on the FIFA World Cup. And two of the ladies, two of the interns that came through on that program had started an initiative at their university. And I mean, they called the Dream Girls International at the time. Um, and there they, you know, they just noticed that girls in the lower income communities were deciding, um, you know, in high school already that they were not going to study further, you know, after high school because they just felt like, I mean, They'd never seen someone in their community go to university. There was no role models. They were falling pregnant or getting involved in drugs. Um, And so they just wanted to change the narrative. 
So they, um, you know, would take the girls from that community and they would actually take them to the university, show them how to apply for a scholarship um, and kind of educate them in, in that regard. So, so when Karen and Shirley, and those are the, the two interns, when they came to South Africa and they saw the work that, you know, we were doing on the ground with the Dad Fund, we, um, you know, had a discussion and, um, you know, we agreed to open up a, a Dream Girls chapter here in South Africa. And, um, yeah, that was literally how it started. I mean, I, I looked at so many ways of, of starting the initiative uh, here in in South Africa. But um, in the end, I decided to start it with female professionals who I had met across, you know, along my journey, some from school, some from college, some from right. previous jobs. But all of these women, you know, embodied the same values of, um, you know, uh, excellence, education, empowerment, leadership. And so um, I approached them and really brought them all together um, so that, uh, you know, as a, as a sisterhood, as a community, we could start an initiative uh, like this together in our country and particularly, you know, in South Africa, I think it's so, so important that girls of color are seeing more role models who look like them. Um, and so that really was the start of Dream Girls here in South Africa. And and it was a big deal. I mean, if I understand correctly, it, it was officially, you know, announced um, by former president, US President Bill Clinton, right? So, I mean, it, it, this is a, it's a, it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. This, I mean, the initiative yeah. was at the, um, I think at the Bill Clinton Summit and uh, Karen and Shirley represented Dream Girls over there. Um, and yeah, and that's where they actually announced that, yeah. you know, Dream Girls were starting out in, in South Africa. Yeah. I mean, what's amazing, you know, in, in that from, from what you said about your own journeys, I'm almost kind of drawing parallels between what your dad must have been for you um, as a role model, this kind of story of of someone moving out of um you know a difficult set of circumstances and and finding kind of something else outside of that and, and it's almost kind of you know this is you being that for for other women um is is that is that too kind of um out there or, or do you think there's something in that absolutely you know i think you are you are spot on because you know, what I also realized is that I was very fortunate um, to have, you know, to have my dad be my mentor and really right. guide me because I could see um, in so many different ways how it gave me an edge in the workplace, how it gave me an edge in my levels of confidence. Um, and you know, I was able to uh, do so much because I had a mentor guiding me, but also, you know, someone kind of supporting me. And right. I saw that with many of my other, you know, female friends and acquaintances. Sadly, they didn't grow up with their dads being around. And you could see, you know, the impact of that and how it showed up in um, not only their professional lives, but in their lives in general. So I, I definitely... Um, see myself as taking this experience and using you know all the resources that i do have available to share this with as many other young women as possible absolutely absolutely and i guess to, to go back to your journey through through all of this uh you know it wasn't a, a straightforward road up, up until now right um 
you you kind of i think in around 2013 or so you'd completed your your mba uh in the uk and then went back into into corporate and you were doing dream girls as a as a part-time project how how long did that last for yeah, well, Jared, my, my road is never straight. So let me just <laughs> tell you that, okay? Because yes, I went back into corporate um, and um, had a, absolutely a great job and Dreamgirls was running on the side. And at the time, we also had exceptional teams on the ground. You know, in all of our branches, we had such great women, you know, running um, and Dreamgirls. And as you can imagine, by that time, we had really built up you know, our organization, the brand. So it was running like a well-oiled machine. Um, and then I think about two or three years after that, I then jumped out of corporate to say, actually, I'm going to focus on also helping Dream Girls kind of elevate to its next level because by that time we had been running for eight years and, um, you know, myself and the, the two other founding directors, we knew that, it was a time to make a shift within the organization. And, you know, I think for about almost a year and a half, we tried to kind of recruit a CEO for Dream Girls and we just weren't finding, you know, the right profile, the right fit right. of it. Um, and so at that point, I decided, look, let me leave corporate. Let me focus a little bit more to help the organization pivot um, and, you know, make some changes. And that is, that's kind of where we started moving more into um, the technology innovation space, and so I did that full time for um, about a year before I, I jumped back into into corporate. And now okay. Dreamgirls is still kind of yeah now now it's still running. I'm very very so proud to say that actually um, earlier this year we appointed a new team, um, a new leadership team that uh, will be taking Dreamgirls, you know, forward. And this team is made up of um, five beneficiaries. So five beneficiaries of a Dream Girls program over the last 10 years. So mm -hmm. these young women, they've, they've literally, they've been through the Dream Girls, a Dream Girls program. They know how the organization works. They, they, you know, they live up to the values of the organization. And so we are actually in a process now where we are mentoring them um, to be able to really take, take um the organization forward into its next 10 years of operation and, and i mean if that if anything you know that, that's kind of proof that the work that that you're doing with the organization is what is working you know there's there's kind of the evidence and, and the validation i guess um so I, I think that's that's awesome um and and you know well, well done i guess on on all of that um I, I do just want to ask you one question about that decision, you know, going from, from corporate to uh, back to dream girls. Um, obviously at, at the time you, you might have at some point had a, a idea that in the future you might go back into a corporate role, but um, I would imagine that that was a difficult decision to make, you know, that, that change, because I'm kind of thinking of you in, 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 that's not it. You know, you've got these sought after qualifications. You're super marketable to corporates as an employee, and then you decide to jump into this path again of the uncertainty of being a social entrepreneur. And you know, there's there's no guarantees to whether the organization's going to work or, or whether it is going to you know end up um, paying fruit. And 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 so it's definitely a more uncomfortable road, right? I mean, how do you come to that decision and then be comfortable with it? 
Mm. So, uh, Jared, you know, I must say that uh, I'm really not afraid of taking risks. And right. I will tell you that when I left corporate to, and I, I took a year and a half out to, to run Dream Girls, it was a hard year because at some point I ran out of all of my savings. Um, I right. had nobody to kind of um, really kind of rely on, you know, but myself. Um, it was an incredibly hard year, but I took the leap knowing um, knowing that it comes with a lot of uncertainty, knowing that it's not going to come with a standard monthly paycheck. But um, I enjoy taking chances like that because it ultimately it, it builds me, it builds my experience. And I know that I always come back um, you know, stronger. And with my experience, I'm able to um, continue to help guide and support you know other young people on their journeys yeah and i mean you know for someone that's looking to do that um that maybe is is not as i guess fearless as as you are when it comes to these decisions you know what what advice would you give someone like that in in that scenario yeah well i mean i definitely wouldn't do that again because okay. <laughs> you know i think i could i could i could take all those risks when i was like you know younger and nice. and all of that but i think um if i were to give anybody advice now and um i would say you know what start your side hustle or that side gig while you do have a stable um you know income Build it out, build it out, you know, save, save, save as much as you can so that you do create a safety nest for yourself. Um, You know, build your network and collaborate with others. A big, big part of getting things done, you know, quicker and faster is by working together. You don't have to do everything on your own. So I would say take a measured approach to building things out. And I think one of the biggest lessons that I've also learned is that Don't be in a rush. You know, sometimes we think that, you know, from the minute we have an idea, we need to like get it out tomorrow because Lord forbid someone steals our idea or something like that. And you have to remember that like what, when you have a purpose or when you have a mission, um, there's only one of you, there's only you that can execute it in the way that you can execute it. So trust kind of the dreams and the visions that are like sitting on your heart. And take your time in building it out because you want to do it in a manner um, where you, firstly, you're not going to burn out. I've been there before. Secondly, you're not going to go broke. I've been there before as well. (laughs) Um, And thirdly, um, you want to build it in a way where you can really collaborate and work with others um, so that you're able to get more done um, with the time that you have. Completely. And I did something or I saw something interesting on, on social media um, fairly recently where, you know, even though we were chatting about the value of education to to one of the points that you made about collaborating with, with people, um, this person had said that networking or, or knowing people will do far more for your career than um, a degree ever will. Um, and, and I think that's, you know, to to a, to a degree, and and I think that that kind of uh, you know reinforces what you're saying about networking properly and collaborating, and more importantly, you know, with with the right people, people I guess that are in your corner and um, that have the same vision and and interests as you, I guess, is is quite important. So so you know that that I think that's a powerful message, and 
something that I was interested to to see, you know, when I was preparing for the show was you've been described as a self-starter. I think it's such an interesting title. And and I find it always it's it's funny how other people brand us or, or how we brand ourselves. Um you know, when I first heard this term self-starter, it was kind of like when someone says that a, a people's person, um, like, what does that mean? So so being a self-starter kind of in the context of what you're saying now about, you know, while you have some degree of stability, you know, following that that passion, that curiosity, doing the side hustle and kind of making it happen for yourself, is, is, is that, well, firstly, you know, how do you describe what it means to be a self-starter? Is, is that kind of how you understand it? I think, look, to be a self-starter, it means that um, you're able to kind of initiate new projects, new ideas. Uh, you're the type of person that creates opportunities. So you, you're not going to kind of just sit back and wait for the world to happen, but you're going to take life, you know, by the reins and you are going to conduct it. So for me, that is what a, a self-starter is. Yeah. And, and do you think that there's something unique about you that may be different to other people? Um, something that, you know, you were kind of taught growing up or something that you experienced in yourself or something that was just innately part of you that, that kind of made you this self-starter, that, that kind of gave you this drive, I guess, to make things happen? Because I guess it's one thing to have an idea, but ideas take action. and Action also mm. takes motivation and, and other things, um, bravery and, and so on. And it's like, it's one of the key things about, I think, starting a, a business or well, anything really, any any kind of project, you, you kind of, you can't just sit there and navel gaze. You've actually got to take your idea and action it. Um, mm. do, do you think there's something special about you? And, and if so, like, you know, what, what do you think that is? So no, I don't think that there's something special, you know, with me. What I will say is that, you know, um, we all have different gifts. We all have different personalities. We all have different strengths, you know. Um, so some people are great at starting things. Some people are great at finishing off projects. So I know, for example, that I am notoriously bad at finishing off a project. So <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, so what uh, might be seen as a strength to some is seen as a weakness to others. So what I will say and, and will encourage everybody to do is to, um, to lean into your strengths because right. there's no strength that is better than the other one. You know, I think as a human being, we uh, we sometimes get so caught up in um, in um, kind of comparing ourselves to other people. Right. You know, whereas if, if we took all of that time and our energy into identifying our strengths, nurturing out with our strengths, and then leading with our strengths, um, you know, I think more and more people would be you know, experiencing more flow and more happiness and success in their lives um, instead of kind of sitting there being stuck in, you know, analysis paralysis about what they can't do, right? You know, okay. so um, so I think, yeah, it's really about all of us um, leaning um, into our strengths. Yeah, absolutely agreed. Um, I think it's it's one of those things, you know, it's it's more difficult probably to to do to, to actually put into practice um but absolutely agreed i'm gonna ask you a cliched question now if you don't mind um you've obviously like you know we've discussed you've had a 
a very bumpy road but ultimately you know a very fulfilling road to kind of get where you are right now and and that's obviously not to say that the journey's at an end right because i'm sure there's a lot in the pipeline but across your journey so far as an entrepreneur and kind of in all the various roles that you've had and and all the twists and turns that have gone with that we we've spoken about a lot so far on the show but what do you think was the most valuable lesson if there was one thing that someone listening to this episode um takes away from it you know what do you think that one thing would be mm you know i think my biggest and latest revelation um is the whole concept of really leaning into your unique essence and and it i think it builds on my my answer to your last question um jared um you know i i mean about 2 years ago i had real health challenges you know i was burnt out and um in fact last year 2020 i had to actually take the time out to to rest so as you can imagine um i had to do a lot of re- reflection um and a lot of kind of redesigning my entire life and what i realized is actually the way that i like to do things and um the things that are strengths to me are actually the most natural way for me to be living and working and so what i want to say to people is that um you know and i i have the saying that you know you are as unique as your fingerprint so why live or work like everybody else and you know of course there are systems of education systems of work um systems of belief that are in place that are there to help organize you know the worldly population but now is the time for everyone to really lean into your individuality and by that i mean you know really go within yourself and say how do i like to work when do i like to work what projects excite me um you know when do i like to sleep when do i like to eat and you then start designing your life and your professional life around um your natural way of being you know um and i've just for me it's given me so much comfort because as an example i can organize my work days um in this way and and be more effective versus you know the old traditional way of like going in working 9 to 5 where you're not actually not going to get much from me so i mean i think the the key thing that um or the key lesson that has made a huge difference in my life is really being unapologetic about how i best work and live and um designing my entire life around it and that includes having such a crooked and very scenic professional journey as you all have heard but to just enjoy the journey of life and to enjoy um the experience of becoming more and more yourself i think that's so topical for so many people right now um you know the last year that i think the entire world has gone through on some level if you haven't been on the edge of burnout or actually experienced burnout then i think you're definitely in in the minority and and i think what you're saying definitely resonates with me you know i think the, the one i guess positive and and i really don't want to downplay the the damage and the and the sadness that that the pandemic's caused for a lot of people but i think the the one positive is is that it's kind of given us a time and the space to kind of reflect and um and look a little bit more inwardly about how we we all want to be living our lives and you know based on that i i think 
certainly in, in the world that I'm operating, I'm kind of now seeing a greater focus on mental health and um, and well-being and, and kind of changing our circumstances and, and our lifestyles around what what works for for, for you for the individual. Mm. Um, so so definitely, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense for for me. So looking to the future, if I can ask you this, you mentioned you kind of you've moved back into a, a corporate role. Uh, what is what's in the future for for Islin? What uh, you know? What, what can we expect from the Dad Fund or, or the Dream Girls going uh, the Dream Girls Academy going forward? Hmm. So from a Dream Girls perspective, um, yeah, as I mentioned, I'm very excited. We've got a new team on board who we are now mentoring. Um, so um, there's going to be a lot new, you know, coming from the organization. And, you know, I encourage, you know, people just to support or follow us on social media. Um, we at Dream Girls Academy. And um, yeah, you know, for myself, um, I try not to get too stuck into the future. Um, but I will say that I will always continue living out my mission, which is um, to educate, inspire and empower others. And that's it up on this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to right now. If you'd like to help support the podcast, please do share with others and leave a rating and review. This has been the Breaking Out Podcast and I've been your host, Jared Lazar. Until next time. If there's anyone listening that wants to find out more about the Dream Girls Academy or the Dad Fund or support either of those or, or get involved in some way, um, what do they do? Where can they get in touch? How do they reach out? Yeah, so actually, if you go onto my personal website, I've got links to all of these organizations. Um, but um, you can go to my website, which is Islin, E-Z-L-Y-N, Olivia, O-L-I-V-I-A dot com. Um, and on my website, I've got links into the Dad Fund. I've got links into Dream Girls. I also have my email address. So please feel free to just hit me up. Um, I love connecting with you know, new and different people.